So it was in the beginning, so it ever shall be. A bullet points listing of my skills as a worker. And welcome to I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside, a show that, well, this one time, we was touring New England. New England's not that new, by the way. All the buildings were old. Way older than the drummer. Where's old England? We were there once. The buildings were also old. Way older than the drummer. Middle England. No, that was Middle Earth. We never toured there. We didn't? No, that was Narnia. That w- was that the one we couldn't walk to? That is correct. We okay. did not walk at all in Narnia. We were carried by talking squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought I made that up. No, that was the thing we did. That's terrifying. <laughs> it's all terrifying. Everything we do is mildly horrifying, especially what happens to the drummer. <laughs> that is frequent, but that is not our fault. Those men in cloaks are always following us, babbling with their fatagans and whatever. The drummers know the risks they're taking. It's, it's on the waiver now. We have a waiver? Only for drummers. Drummer Beautiful. Waiver. Where did we get the paper? <laughs> We we took it it's out of our shoes. Of we can afford to give away <laughs> napkins. <laughs> They're giving them for free at the McDonald's now. That's that's still pretty expensive. Ah, uh, I'm Scott. Uh, I'm Jim. Still Justin. And it's way too freaking early for this. Oh, shut up, son! It is eleven thirty in the morning. I could be sleeping. I had to get up and go pillage a friend's book collection, so we make our choices. Did, did you get anything good? I got a few good things. Uh, I also got Age of Ultron, the uh, graphic novel collection, which I've never oh. read, so I'll see how it turns out. You have but my sympathy. I uh, I got the Kirby Simon sci-fi book, which was specifically the main reason I drove over at 8 o'clock in the morning. Was he asleep? No. He, started, he said, come over starting at 9 and take stuff. And I'm like, I I will do that. I will be there early. Yes. I will take stuff. This deal has been completed. Yes. Uh, But yes. Uh, But we're all up now. Yeah. Sort of. (laughs) Do you have a bone to pick with getting up this early, Jim? I just have a bone to pick with waking up. (laughs) Like, I'm cool with sleeping. And I'm cool with being awake. It is that stupid transition period, especially if I have to set a machine to tell me to do it. Where it's like, no, fuck you, robots. So You're I'm not fine with falling through the air, and I'm fine with walking on the ground, but it's that transition state I just can't stand. Exactly. Very much the same. Both of them involve possibly a mild concussion. <laughs> you may want to... You may want to... I don't know. There's no solution to that I can think of. Nope. 
Nope. You're messed up, son. This is the world I, we live in. No yes. time. The time spice or the... No, no. The transition the, from moment to moment. The, the um, herb is expression wonderful. Expression of inertia. The herb is it's wonderful. It's not a spice, you fool. It's an herb. Oh, God. It's a ground leaf, not a nut or a spark. All right. And on that note, pick of the week, Justin. <laughs> uh, I saw 10 Cloverfield Street on Friday, and I very much did, uh, Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday, one specific day, none of the ones I was mentioning, Wednesday. Odin's Day. Wednesday. Odin's Day. On Wotan's Day, I saw 10 Cloverfield Boulevard, and I enjoyed it. And I can't say anything about it because it is a film that depends on being exposed to the plot as you go along. But I want to say it's a great film with three actors uh, for the for like the entirety of the thing, and that's all. And a small set, and it's very good. And I hope it does well. Does it relate to the original Cloverfield in any way? <clears throat> Like, I... I'm asking because I hated the original Cloverfield. Fuck you. Why are we even having this conversation? I don't want to talk really? to Mad Men. Now, I'm sorry. That was... How the oh. hell does something oh, that no, is that, that big sneak up on somebody? No, it's a... It's the same way the goddamn Tyrannosaurus did in Jurassic Park. And if you, you know, know what? Say, I was nine. I didn't notice it then. But I'm an old man now, and I notice that now. Okay, do you know why big things can sneak up on people? So people can go, holy shit, did you see the size of that thing? You know, it's like, oh, do you hear something coming towards us? It sounds very large. That it's also has its place. Park. We're going you to can, keep looking at the geek with the camera until he gets bitten in half. You can hear it coming. I mean, and then the shadow falls on It's like, oh, he's actually here. Well, we're fucked. And then HUD gets eaten and everything's fine. Yeah, and everything's better because HUD is gone. Hey, TJ Miller is a delightful actor. We all loved him in in, Dare- in Deadpool, so STFU. Did you go Bull Durham Daredevil Deadpool? No, I was sta- I was yeah, I said Daredevil, but first I was going to say Bullwinkle because I was staring at my copy of the Rock- Bullwinkle and Rocky role playing game from TSM. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. But yes, uh, I cannot say that there is any great rela- there is no giant monster in Ten Cloverfield Lane. Fine, you- I said it. Happy, happy, happy. Thank you. Is there Robert. a Voltron? <laughs> no. In the background. A Voltron because giant robots do not form a larger robot. But no, stop it, Scott. <laughs> no, they totally do that. Those are called combiners. Well, well not in this film. Should have been one in the background. <laughs> no giant robots. Com- oh, for the love of God, I was just trying to make it. Stop it. <laughs> the worst. Literally the worst. You are the Brita of co-hosts, Jim. <laughs> That's not even remotely true. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> but Dan isn't here today. <laughs> oh, that's I'm sorry, kidding, Dan. We love you. That's yeah. mean. Getting <laughs> mean. He's not a bad kid. The the worst Except part is, I think we all thought of that joke. <laughs> we we all thought it. None of us said it. I said it. Does that make me the worst person here? Yes. yes. Oh you are the God. Brita of people, Justin. That's like a fucking gold medal accomplishment now. You beat out me, man. Achievement unlocked. Least sensitive person on this podcast. Yep. I gotta buy him a drink. Uh, if he's, is he old enough to drink? 
He's 34. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, he's old enough to drink. I don't think he could sustain <laughs> Canadian alcohol, but, but still. <laughs> I, I think the plan is I'm going to make my own root beer for him. <laughs> if the he Americans comes up, have a fine craft brewing tradition, which blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Apparently gets poured down the sink. So, Jim, what's your pick of the week? I have not. <laughs> what am I going to pick? What do I got? See, you couldn't take five seconds during this whole previous thing of riffing to think, what did I enjoy in the past X number of days? No. I worked and I worked on my resume. That's been this week. All right. Is it going to be the bone to pick with the resume building process? Actually, you know what? Sure. Why not? I okay. fucking hate resumes. No like one just, likes resumes. I, I register that. I appreciate that. I don't see them as a functional means of explaining your workability, your viability for a post or anything else. And the fact that font matters. Oh, it matters big time, mister. I know, but that's crazy because, you know, you know full well the guy you're giving it to doesn't know the difference between Arial, Calibri, Times New Roman, or fucking Comic Sans. And admittedly, I did want to submit my resume to my manager for a promotional post entirely in Comic Sans. <laughs> Just for shits. But most, that, might, that might do something. Yeah, but most people, most people don't. Most people barely know the names of fonts in the first place, but for some reason this matters. The fact that I have to try and compress, you know, 16 years of employment into a series of bullet points that sound relevant to a post just irritates the shit out of me. Like, I understand. You need to convey to somebody, this is what I've done, these are the skills I've developed, this is why I'm interested. The why I'm interested is supposed to be covering the damn cover letter anyway, but apparently you're supposed to partially repeat that on a fucking resume. It's it's all yeah. repetition. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It feels like grade school shit. And it's like, to what end? All this will tell you, all my resume generation will indicate to you, really, is whether or not I know how to make a resume. Like, yeah. if I'm trying to be a longshoreman, the resume is not going to tell you shit about that skill set. Well, they'll tell, them if, they'll tell them if you've been a, res, a, a longshoreman before. Yeah, but that's it. <clears throat> and reasonably, if I walk in and go, hey, I've been a longshoreman before, here's the card of the guy you want to call if you need proof, that should suffice. Like, there, should be, there should be a better way. You just well, haven't come up with it yet. If you could figure that out, then you don't need to write any more resumes. Yeah. You'll have created the new way of finding work will be the thought leader in that industry and can charge consulting fees. There you go. Which means I really should figure that out because that'd be a yeah. fair amount of money. Work on that. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're taking, we're, we're accepting applications for new co-hosts. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you... Do we... See, Scott, we don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, can, no, no one does. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing that out there because there's a couple people who are like, man, you have a show. That's great. And I'm like, yeah. Yep. Doors open. Yeah. It's, you could get it's not hard. It's, you need a mic. That's really our only requirement. You, if could always, you could always get Chris. I mean, I'm sure then you'd have a nice three and a half hour discussion of the semiotic reflection of Aristotelian theology in my little pony we've done that <laughs> yes i was i'm sitting here I, thinking i wonder where this is going to end how many words are you going to tack on this sentence? i was just going to keep rolling them until i ran out of breath okay. 
and then just end it with a pop culture reference, which is how yep. you do. Oh, yeah, of course. As you do. And that's a better joke than Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh! Yeah. And actually... Hey, I, fuck you, bitches, I enjoy the show. Okay. You, you're allowed to you're enjoy allowed it, to that like doesn't it. make it funny. It's fine. Like, you, we, we're allowed to disagree, but my, my actual pick of the week is uh, someone is recutting Big Bang Theory without the laugh track. Oh god, that's gotta be unsettling. It It is unsettling. And I, I appreciate this sort of unsettling of what's going on. Like, at least Garfield without Garfield is a, is a weird kind of funny. Oh, it, it's a, it's, it's black comedy whenever it's just John talking to himself. Yeah, and it's like, you're not a healthy person at all. <laughs> but Big Bang with it, the laugh track is just going to be odd pauses after a chain of non sequiturs. To allow the audience to laugh. Da, da, da. Yeah, but you don't, you don't need to do that. I don't know, like it really does punch up a lot of the weaker things, where you're just like, oh, I guess that was supposed to be a joke. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, there's going to be a link in the show notes to that, and it's... Will you also link to the Russian Big Bang Theory? Yes, I will do that as well. What? Okay. <clears throat> Someone has his own Big Bang Theory? Oh, it- it's like, well, it's it's an international franchise. They do it in different countries, but this one never asked for permission. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. All right. And speaking of unsettling, uh, Justin, this topic's your baby. Introduce it. All right. Uh, well, basically, I have found a gaping hole. This, okay, this is like purely a role-playing game episode. So if you don't give a shit about the role-playing games... Listen GTA to our Star Wars it. episode again. <laughs> yeah. They're good. Go back and listen to a couple movie ones if you want. You know, we, we have a back catalog. It's great. Yes. It's like 10 days now, I think. <clears throat> Huzzah. Woo! But I did fantasy. Like, that was the main thing. I did superheroes. I did some sci-fi. Uh, did a little post-apocalyptic, but not a huge amount. But I never really got into horror. You know, which is a shame, because lots of people talk about how good horror is. Well, it, okay, yeah. it's, it's not, like, role-playing, fantasy role-playing is like pizza. Yes. Even when it's bad, it's still kind of good. Horror yeah. role-playing is like risotto. <laughs> when it's good, it's amazing, and when it's bad, you want to leave the restaurant. You blame the chef? Well, obviously you blame the chef. But, I, you know, until university when I started playing Vampire. And even when I play Vampire, it's not a really a horror game. No, Vampire, as, it's got horror trappings, but it's it's not particularly scary and probably never will be. Well, I mean, it can be. Deep down, you know, the descent into the beast, blah, 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 and all that. But I much prefer superheroes with fangs. Yeah, yeah. it's a good mode. Yep. I can throw a car at somebody. Yes. Huzzah. I have potence three. I'm gonna whack us some. I'm gonna whack us the bat guy. Yep, the fire hydrant. Got potence seven. I can climb a wall like Spider Man by pushing my fingertips into it, and somehow the wall supports it. You're an immortal bloodsucker. Really, there's a lot of buy-in required. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. My my beef with vampire is a whole other show, though. I think. 
But we'll get to that one on another yeah. time. Yeah. So, the reason I never got into horror was because of the first horror game I ever bought. I'm going to hold it up in front of the camera because I think the audience doesn't deserve to see it, but Scott and Jim do. Beyond the Supernatural from Palladium Books. A role-playing game. That was your first mistake. That was my biggest mistake, no matter what. Yeah. So it says in here, written by Randy McCall and Kevin Siembada. I don't know which one of them did the majority of the work on this, but whoever it was deserves a smack in the face for destroying the horror genre for me for most of my life. You know what? I think it's both. I think both. We can slap both. Even if Kevin didn't do most of the work, he did something. He was there and he didn't stop it. Like, buses have many wheels. We can push all <laughs> kinds of people under them. As far as I'm concerned, he's the driver. He had okay. his hands on the wheel. And Eric Wujek wrote the victim rules and additional text. And I'm assuming that I haven't, I have not read this book cover to cover in many years. But I'm going to assume the victim rules are probably the best part of the book. Victim rules? Yeah. See, now I'm a little intrigued. <clears throat> uh, basically, victim rules, instead of. The pro- what? Okay, here's the thing. Beyond the supernatural, creating a character. You generate your attributes. You determine your hit points in SDC. You select a psychic character class. Every character in Beyond the Supernatural is a member of one of these psychic character classes. You're either. Uh, let me. Do you have a list in the index, Kevin? Do you? Why no, would you need an index? A summary of the nine char- psychic character classes is on page 49. So here we go. The Latin psychic. So I guess you can't do anything. Physical psychic, which is telekinetic or ectoplasmic or or pyrokinetic. The psychic sensitive, uh, which means you faint a lot, I guess. The psi mechanic. That sounds a little interesting. The The healer? Pretty much. Uh, uh, The healer, uh, you can heal things. The nega psychic, which you negate psychic things. Uh, they they, They don't believe in the supernatural so much that it doesn't work around them. And I'm like, how is that fun for anyone else at the table? You're a jerk. Uh, that's how it's fun for you at the table, screwing and, over your friends. Which is exactly why you roll paladin some days. <laughs> yep. Everyone the gets their bad. own flavor of antisocial behavior. <laughs> uh, the parapsychologist. Da, 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 da. And then the arcanist or mage. But you just kind of slacked out on the last one, didn't they? Well, you know, magic. Magic! You've got you've got psychers the entire way along, and you're like, fuck it, we needed nine, we've got eight, mage. Well, the, uh... I actually did not mention one of them. There was the natural genius who just takes his psychic ability and turns it inward. So he's so a he monk? Yeah! So he's sorry? So he's a monk? No, he's just a guy who's really has turned his psychic focus towards a particular skill or aptitude that has grown into brilliance. So you could play like a really good piano player or something. So he's the skill monkey. Yes. This See, one of the things that I like when it comes to horror gaming is using normal people. You don't have any crazy attributes. You don't have any special powers. You're Joe fuck nobody who works a Canadian tire. Hence the victim rules. Yeah. And if I could find out where they were, uh, I'd flip into them. But, you know. Oh, Victims. Guide for the Game Master. 196. It's in the Game Master section. Uh, <clears throat> holy shit. 
It's literally four paragraphs. <laughs> okay, that might not be enough to get a full game out of. Yeah. No. So I don't know where the rest of that information was. But I mean, it's like, basically, it's just, you know, it's ninjas and super spies meet, meet vampires. And this, basically, even as a teen, failed to enthrall me, failed to capture my attention. And when so much of Palladium's output is specifically geared to get a 15-year-old excited, that's yeah. saying a lot. <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, Even do you I like could... Ninja Turtles? Yes. Do you like robots? Yes. Here's a bunch of those and Star Trek. All I'm going to say is TMNT was good. Yes. yes. That's because Eric Wujek pretty much held the, te- held the wheel on that 100%. Yeah. No, nobody's, nobody's presenting a counter-argument for that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was spot on. It was wonderful. Beyond the Supernatural, on the other hand, wonderful is another word I think anyone's ever used to describe it. I think it's wonderfully, wonderfully useful to line your birdcage. Maybe they used it as kindling. Ooh, oh, it would it would be wonderful as kindling. Yeah, uh, stink and wonderful as a smacking implement. Roll it up, pop the dog. There, honestly, it wouldn't, the roll, it wouldn't roll very well. Okay, I thought that was thinner. No, it's two hundred and fifty pages or so. Jesus. I was thinking it was like a 90 splat book. You know, there are adventures in here, and there's a big weapons and equipment pay section. Oh, God. Oh, See, God. That, 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 is a, that is a particular thing I have with horror games. Weapons and equipment. Because you don't need... Because here's the deal. I don't care if they've statted out a bazooka in Call of Cthulhu. I don't oh, care if matter. you wrote a backstory to justify you carrying a bazooka around. It does not matter. Yep. So why I'm would you stat it? Well, <laughs> okay, in I'm the gonna... Buffy game, you need stats for bazookas. Yeah. Like, a couple of the COC supplements I've got have pages of weapons and equipment from their respective periods. But that's it. It's, you know, this is a Smith & Wesson 45 from the late 1800s. This is a Lemon pistol of the following specification. Most of them boil down to basically being the same gun with a different name. Yes. But it's, if you want to be that guy who's like, no, this is my 45. It's like, okay, fine. Here's your stupid gun. Have your gun. That's a Biaki. What are you going to do? I'm going to shoot it. Great. Your friends are going to run. One of them's <clears> going to kneecap you. <laughs> They're going to live, you're not. I want to remind you, a lot of their customers do live in the States, so gun books are very popular, I assume. But that's it. Like, COC will periodically amp up its gun rhetoric, and any good player realizes it doesn't matter. That thing is a waste of perfectly good book space. You could have more books on your person that might actually help you. Now, there's a huge amount of, uh, there's big spell listings in here, too. So each of the psychic characters description of psychic abilities that goes on for uh, let's say that's about fifty pages. Then a section on ley lines and psychic ability, which is literally the the most useful thing in the book, at least for introducing you to basic ley line concepts. And then you get the monster section, which really goes all over the place. Ooh, and a section on the great pyramids. 
and the triangle, which goes from France, P- Paris to Karnak in Egypt, and there's a circle around Malta. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, there's a monster section, which is another several dozen pages. <laughs> another 30 some. Uh, some quick rolls for evil wizards, because you need evil wizards. Well, they're the explanation behind everything, right? Yeah. No matter where you go or what you've done, oh, it was all an evil wizard all along. And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those damn kids and their meddling dog. Yes, and Eric Wujek's... Then we find Eric Wujek's victim things. Uh, then, yes, rolling up characters for... You can generate an infant character. That'll be great. Why? They're juicy. I don't know. Throw it at the enemy and run. I, I give him. I give him. I, honestly, I'm going to assume the stuff Eric Wujek wrote is probably the highlights of the book. He wrote some adventures. Like, literally, he gets credited in the sections he does. He says, hey, read this. It's good. Adventures. Teeny Bopper Terror. The Tomb of the Perpetually Cool Adolescence. Oh. Oh, God. What? <laughs> I gotta read that again. Uh, an evil family's mansion. Now, it just feels... It doesn't feel like a cohesive thing. It kind of feels like it was... Everything was thrown into a blender. Does Palladium Fantasy feel the same way? Um. Oh, God, I haven't touched that one since I was In 15. Years. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was this all over the place. I feel like Blender was their default setting. I mean literally once riffs came out but i feel like just having a bunch of stuff in a blender was their their the way they went about their business is yeah you would just pass a you would assign a chapter around the room and you just stick them all together and call that a book when you hit page count because yeah that was kind of the appeal with D was D was cohesive ish in a well, manner <laughs> it had it was it had a feeling yeah <clears throat> D&D sort of knew where it was. I mean, Gary Gygax had that Appendix N, right? Yeah. yeah. No, if you want to know what D&D is like, read these books. And everyone's like, oh, okay, I'll read the damn books. Yeah. If, if you could find a copy of Fritz Library in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they reprinted all of those. Thanks, I am glad. I am glad Mike Mignola did them in uh, graphic novel format. I gotta yeah. buy that. It's so good. <laughs> I look more weapons. Oh, God. And that this is, okay, so this is my personal approach to horror gaming, and something that I think definitely tickles me in Gumshoe, is that your character sheet, uh, uh, first, first uh, I, I guess one premise I should introduce is that uh, I was listening to some writing podcast, and they described horror as, not that your characters are disempowered, it's the reveal that your competences don't matter. And that sounds about accurate. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's a fair bit of horror, in fact. <clears throat> yeah, so something I like about the gumshoe horror games is that it sits you down and gives you a character sheet that is guaranteed to get you into trouble. And no clear way out. You gotta that that's where the work comes in. You know, I grew up in the eighties, so basically I was like, Well, let's see if the world ends today. And you know, Knowing that anything you did wouldn't matter if some guy in 
some guy in a mountain somewhere or some guy in Russia decided, ah, no, I'm afraid of that cloud. Press it! Watch! Shut it down! Great job there, Cruise Jiv. Yeah. Now, well, we used to play COC all the time, and COC... COC is honestly, I point to when it comes to horror gaming. Because you can actually moderately terrify your player base with it. You don't have to have somebody who is completely incapable of anything in Call of Cthulhu. It's just everything they're up against just doesn't care what they can do. Like, the best guy in your party has 30 Cthulhu mythos because he's the poor sucker who took library use, so you've been stuffing him into books, and assuming he can keep his brain together for more than five seconds, he might prove useful. But there's no guarantee of that. Like, that's your best angle to run. Most of the time, running is the solution. Like, you showed up in a scenario well outside of your control, hoping to try and get something out of it, and most of the time, it's just not going to work. I don't like the helpless thing, to be honest. Well, I don't even see it as helpless. It's There are facets of this stuff that are so beyond. Like, this is, you know, well, this is nuclear war again. Like, you can't, you personally couldn't intercede if Khrushchev and Reagan decided, no, fuck it, I want to blow up the other guy. Yeah. Like, this, it's just, it is not within your skill set. Young Justin couldn't have stopped nuclear war. No. No, he couldn't. Dun, dun, dun. But that's it. Like, with COC, you, you can't stop any of the old ones. It's, it's unreasonable to expect that you can. All you can try and do is do some good in an otherwise dreadful scenario or find out something. Mm. Basically solve your little facet of the mystery. When you get the player who's like, no, 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 no. We can take these down. It's like, no, we can't. And if you, you really don't have try, a boat and a rift to shove the monsters into. Yeah. So no, no, you do not. Like one of the campaigns we were running, I, I was just running an antiquarian. That's one thing I like about COC is you can play the most commonly bland character concepts. Like, you don't run, you know, the gunslinger. You don't run the soldier with a semi-automatic. You don't run the big hero concept. I've played an antiquarian. Uh-huh. I've played a psychologist. <clears throat> I've played a janitor once. Well, and and that's very much evocative of the setting. It's It's academics finding the wrong book and getting a way too close to what will doom us all. Yep. But I was an antiquarian. I received a shipment from Australia. And I opened it up, and it was this weird leather statue. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, like, what the... First off, I don't... All I know is this came from Australia. I don't have a name on who sent this to us. Crikey. Yeah, I'm like, a a leather statue is very bizarre. We started cutting them open just because we're like, okay, I don't know what this is. Like, I've got no labels or anything. This just arrived on its own. What the hell kind of antiquarian is that? The first one we had was damaged. The first one we had was damaged. Oh, well. So I'm cutting that one open. I'm not cutting the clean one. Clean one goes on display. Okay. But yeah, inside were human organs. And they were still kind of working. We just assumed this was some sort of elaborate prop. But eventually... Mummification process? Well, what it is, is uh, one of the gods, if you get exposed to it, slowly turns your body into leather. You get paralyzed. You're still alive. And you're driven irrevocably insane. We didn't know that at the time. We just had this weird oddity that we're like, okay, well, where the hell did this come from? 
That's did a whole horrible. bunch of yeah, whole bunch of trace work on it. It was really fun. It was a great campaign. Because I kept trying to figure this out. Because like I bought shoes and cut them up to compare them to the leather in these things. Well before we ever <laughs> figured it out. Because it's like this this is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Like what the hell are we dealing with here? And then we found out, and we were like, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" So what did you do? Did you fight the monster? Did you just Crap, get no panic and ran? <laughs> He's an antiquarian. Like what? In the end, we basically found the cult that was worshiping this thing, and they were like, "We're going to wake it up." And Why would like, you do that, cult? That's a stupid thing to do, cult. That's what cults do, though. Like, we're going to wake this thing up and it's going to, you know, usher in the end of the world. And I'm like, fuck you, you're crazy. I'm out of here. Why do you think this is a good idea, cult? Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming most cults are really nihilistic. Like, they misread Nietzsche in their teenage years and never really got over it. And then by the time you realize what's going wrong, you're half fish man anyhow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or they read Atlas Shrugged and they're like, oh, well, oh, fuck that then. <laughs> This is a reasonable way to live my life. No, it's not. This entire thing is a love letter to an equally crazy person. Fuck off. People's got to go. But, you know, personally, Beyond the Supernatural pretty much made me go, eh, I don't like this horror thing, so let's play some Marvel superheroes. And, you know, an entire genre basically just fell right out of my, through my fingers. For decades? <laughs> Literally for decades. Yeah. And then Robin said, okay, we're playing Gumshoe. And I'm like, okay. And it was fun. There you go. Well, that, that, that's why I tend to back Gumshoe games for this sort of thing. It's like, yeah, it's it's really good at it. Yeah. Trail of Cthulhu is fun. I have a copy of Horror on the Orient Express somewhere that I bought See, with I, my OSAP in, in college. See, and, and I do actually have to call out Call of Cthulhu just because uh, you only get to run it once. Um, and you probably shouldn't run it with fans of Lovecraft or, or really well-read fans of Lovecraft because there's that well, meta Call level. Of Cthulhu has evolved into its own thing, hasn't it? Yeah, but at the same yeah. time, if you you get people who know the mythos, you lose a lot of you you lose a lot of what makes it fascinating in the early stages of the game, where you're just kind of going down the checklist and eliminating old ones in Migo and the Yith, and then, okay, Nyarlathotep, that's our guy. So, yeah. it, that, that that I find a frustrating element, whereas something like um, Esoterrorist is definitely Lovecraftian, but doesn't have any of the proper nouns, so you're free to just be like, well, that's that's weird and unsettling, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I refer to him as actually Nyarlathotep. Because that's, that's probably right. <laughs> I have never met anyone else who pronounces it that way. I've never met anyone who. Well, I, I suspect we've never met anyone who can pronounce it right at all. <laughs> probably True. not with a human tongue. Not with a human tongue. Yeah. Like I've I've heard the recordings of uh, good old Howard actually pronouncing the word Cthulhu, and I'm like, none of those letters are in the word, man. What are you doing to me? <laughs> Yeah, it's it it's about that level. <laughs> what the fuck? There's a guttle stop in there too. <laughs> you know, maybe it is for the best that none of us can pronounce it properly, because it means none of us are going to accidentally wake one of these things up. Uh, 
And that too, it just it just seems like he just created this thing, and it was like, ah, oh, this is great. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. I never loved. Crap. That's just one person's. That's just one person's opinion. Yeah, I don't want. I, you know, plus my hobby. I don't want to play it to be scared. Which is fair. Yeah, wanna, no, that's know, absolutely I wanna, fair. I want to be the dude who's kicking a lot of ass. Like Scott, you missed it this week, but we totally kicked Evil Doc's ass. Finally, <laughs> I cleft him in twain. I split him from nose to navel. It was pretty awesome. Nice. So we missed you at that. Well, I'm, you're going to have to miss me for a few more weeks because stupid programming class. Ah, that's cool. I was doing the same when I was in school, so we're all... But yes, you know, I, I like that. Even even in a game predicated on being, you know, a... Uh, on the dramatic, even drama system, I can still manage to squeeze in, cut some guy in half system. Yeah, and be happy with it. Oh, I'm I'm now regretting that I wasn't there to back you up with my shotgun wizard staff. <laughs> we got visited by a survivor of the dudes we killed, and he wants a new family, and I may have to kill him too. So <laughs> let me know when you're free for that. Okay, there we go. This is all in game, folks. We're not we're not actually plotting a murder right now. Just so you know. Just so you That's know. a lie. Gaming story. We're plotting to kill someone. And play video games. And, and role-playing games. And just a variety of games. It's it's what we do. Oh, speaking of Kevin Ciambita and the law. Oh, oh, my God. Did I ever tell you guys I got interviewed by the CBC once? Okay, no. tell me this story. Okay. It wasn't an actual broadcast for interview. They wanted me to... Apparently, back on the eve of the millennium, December 31st, 1999, some guys in Brockville were arrested for plotting to destroy a police station. They were apparently discussing it over a CB radio because they didn't have the internet in Brockville yet. <laughs> and the defense that they offered was that they were not actually plotting to destroy a police station. They were discussing their rifts game. You know, if they're actually going to name drop rifts, I'm inclined to believe them. See, like, who, would, who would make up something like that? Like, yeah. like there, there's, yeah, there's no making that up. If you are playing rifts by CB radio, because that's how you do remote gaming in the late '90s, then yeah, no, that seems legit. <laughs> yeah, like I'm hearing this and going, nope, no, this is this is well before you know the contemporary terror scare. These right. guys would. They would About not 20 months before. Like yeah. yeah. So I had written a review of Rifts Canada <laughs> for Steve Jackson Games. And apparently, because I came in quickly on an Alta Vista search for Rifts at Canada. You would, wouldn't you? I would. Nope. <laughs> Does Alta Vista still exist? I'm finding that out. Man, now I'm going to look up Lycos and see if that's still around too. Uh, okay, no, I think they got bought out yet by Yahoo. Oh my god, Lycos technically is still a domain. <laughs> Alta Vista is 20 years old. Oh dear. And uh, Yahoo closed it July 8th, 2013. Oh dear, we missed the it. Decision, the decision to close Alta Vista was announced on Yahoo's Tumblr page. Oh god. <laughs> circles within circles, folks! <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, who sold Babelfish to Bing. <laughs> Jesus. What the hell? What 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 is wrong with the world? Well, all of this is before Google became, you know, a verb. Although S. Jeeves is still around. That's great. <laughs> Woo! Thank goodness. I'm afraid we lost S. Jeeves. Otherwise, the world just keeps getting a little bit darker. You know what? Now, <laughs> now that we've talked about this, I'm going to make sure this podcast is in a web ring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Man, um, now I wish we could do up a GeoCities page for it. <laughs> It's well, you so- can just put together a really shitty HTML page that's too narrow for modern screens. Yeah, that we, we would just fair. build something with shitty HTML3. But you know what? <laughs> I feel like we have to do some. So someone has to build like a GeoCities emulator, like just a well, WYSIWYG that generates terrible HTML3. Can the Wayback Machine go back to old GeoCities pages? Oh, they, they've got a bunch of them archived, but yeah. It's just not the same as, you know, the under construction and, like, the terrible backgrounds. Oh, God, that gif. That gif which never stopped. Oh, God. I love stumbling on old web sites that obviously are 15 to 20 years old and they still have those... Just blinking painful gifs with horrible color palettes. And the broken HTML at the bottom where a web ring used to be. Oh, God, yeah. See, and... There's probably a horror game in just old websites. Oh like, yeah, like, like the old, the old unfinished GeoCities page is did, the internet's equivalent guys... to the rambled manmans of some guy in in the back of the library. Did either of you guys ever watch Freaky Links? No, never even heard of it. It was a TV show on, I think, Fox. About uh, basically, Freaky Links was a website uh, that some guy ran and he vanished, and his brother took it over to try and find his brother. And it was basically, uh, you know, urban legends and all this stuff. And it was really fucking good. Okay, I'm not sure if it was really fucking good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And it was like a one season Fox Wonder. But uh, I don't well, even know. One if it ever season got on Fox is kind of an endorsement of quality in a weird yeah. sense. <laughs> I liked the American oh. Embassy Man. Firefly, Freaky Links, Prophet, Greg Kindred the, the Embraced. Did either of you guys ever watch Kindred the Embraced? Yes. Oh yeah. That no, that's a horror game. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you get for messing with Clan Bruja. Oh, shut up. The number of times I would watch that and be like, that's not how the rules work. And the Yes, wa- the- vampires cannot walk around during the day just because they've topped up recently. Yeah, but she does. And then for some reason, as the blood seems cool, then she catches fire. And I'm like, no, fuck you. Fuck you. If that was it's- a rule, we'd have used it. Yeah. It was its own little thing. It was. It it had. I love the Nosferatu. They were fun. Oh, that the, the Nosferatu character was my favorite guy. Actually, let, let, this is now a two-segment show. We are now reviewing Kindred the Embraced for 20 minutes. Oh are we? Sorry. Yes. I apologize. Yep. Oh, are we just going to go ahead and do that then? Yeah, let's yeah, do that. It's Kindred, man. I just want to dial back. Uh, Freaky Links aimed from, uh, aired from October 2000 to June 2001 on the Fox Network for a total of 13 episodes. Uh, the feel of the show closely modeled that of the X-Files. 
uh, well, sort of. Everything was modeled in the X-Files. Uh, Ethan Embry was the star. Uh, he has the saddest eyes. So sad. Oh, Ethan, it's going to be okay. It's going to be harder okay, on Ethan. The Walking Dead now. <laughs> yes, he is. And he's the coyote on Grace and Frankie. Also a good show. Uh, man, his Wikipedia page is horrible. <laughs> oh, God. Because... Everyone else is, it basically puts everything he's done onto one table as opposed to splitting up TV and uh, movies. Uh, and it does not list when it, how many episodes his characters appeared on a movie. Ethan Embry's fans, you are letting him down. I mean, this man is Mark with a C from Empire Records, leader of the band yes. Mark with a K. <laughs> <laughs> he was rusty in Vegas Vacation. Come on. Come on. Come on. His sad eyes stare at you soulfully in hopes of a better <laughs> Wikipedia. Oh my god. <laughs> so His fans like thoroughly let him down. Does not even have a sidebar telling you all the useful information that it tells you about shows in the sidebars. Oh, and the, episode, the, the series history, I don't know when it was last edited, but it says as of this writing, the show has not been considered for renewal, and many of its fans have since moved on to other projects. Was this written in May of 2001? Uh, There's just some... The status of a future DVD release Act. of the show is also unknown. This page was last modified March. March so that quit action. Wow. Actually, reviving, rebooting Freaky Links this year would be great. I feel like it would be so hammy, though. No, like, literally have him come back and he's still working on this late <laughs> 90s website trying to figure out where his brother is. Uh. But yeah. we have smartphones no, for this. Okay, we so first, we're switching over to Kindred the Embrace? Yes. Alrighty. Alright, so... Uh, is it... So, T. Thomas Howell should not have been on that fucking show. We did not need a point of view char- two point-of-view characters. They thought they did. We didn't. You had the girl who was becoming a vampire. Cool. And then you had the uh, cop. Oh, God. I don't need another fucking cop. Mm-hmm. Well, I, f- I feel like this is... But that is... was supposed to be your entry point, right? I think. Like, that was, that was the into their culture. Like, do you need, you need one man from Mars and they had three? <laughs> they try and pull straight out of Masquerade, which is fine. But the thing is... Like you've got, you've got the five there. His rage destroys the signal. Hmm. What are you saying? Your rage is destroying the signal. Destroys everything. Yeah, there's no uh, Malkavians or Tremere in it. There was a Malkavian. There was a Malkavian. There was a a vampire. Was. Easy, but they didn't say he was a Malkavian. I, in yeah. my heart, he was a Malkavian, and the the prince just started that episode like halfway through. There was an act break in that episode where the prince was just, just says, "I thought I said, I thought I said there were no fucking Malkavians in my fucking town." Nope. No. When it comes to clans and everything, anytime we want to find that out, that's what the books are for. You just grab it, flip to the page, read it. You're done. With a television program, you're going to throw all these in. You've got to try and introduce them to the audience in a way that they're going to understand. At the same time, you're still trying to bridge the gap between human and vampire. It's just, it's a lot of confusion at once for a viewing public that's not totally familiar with this at the time. I think, Mm -hmm. and here's the thing, I think if you tried to do a vampire TV show now, it'd tank miserably because Vampire Diaries is already on TV, but... (laughs) Yeah. I I, I think they should have brought it back when... uh, 
when True Blood was on its way out. Yeah, basically, basically, as True Blood was kind of hitting that season three point, they could have relaunched this and done well for themselves. I think they still could, because honestly, you know, Vampire Diaries is, is CW all the way. Yeah. You know, it's pure uncut CW. I think, you know, you do Vampire the Masquerade, you do a Masquerade show set, you know, off of a cable network, an AMC or HBO. Showtime, even, if they had more money. Yeah. Sure. Actually, know, Showtime little, would show a lot of boob, which might help. Well, that, I'll, that I'll, wouldn't hurt Vampire at all. You don't need, you know, you don't need to do the Game of Thrones thing. You don't need to go to foreign places to do exotic sets. You want to go to Paris, you do an episode in Paris. But you, you know, primarily, it will be about the relationships of the vampires in this one city. Which will be played they, by Vancouver. Yep. Yes. Well, possibly Atlanta, because they, they give good tax breaks, too, now. All I'm saying is HBO could do some location shooting budget. Yeah. And, you know, if, if they, if they want to go true to the originals, they'll do it somewhere in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently there had been babble at one point of bringing it back, but one of the cast died in a motorcycle accident. Yes, well, no, I mean, uh, I, I actually did ask Mark Reinhagen once uh, if it would ever come back. He's like, that's up to the spelling company. And I don't know what the fuck's up with the spelling company was. So. That is a good you question. Know, it, yeah. Pardon us while we Google. But <laughs> no. Wiki, what's the answer? Siri, what the fuck's up with the spelling company? I'm spelling company. C O M P A N Y. Okay, I think I think they're wholly owned by CBS now. Okay. No, it looks like yeah. I don't know if that helps or hurts. This company became an in-name only unit of CBS after Aaron Spelling's death in 2006. Yeah. So who knows? They may just <laughs> never bother to care unless somehow Vampire becomes big again, at which point CBS will be like, no, 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 no. This is our IP. Nobody else's. Yeah, something which, like Which that. actually leads me to believe that uh, leads me to believe that there's always, you know, there's always a chance that some contract may not have been written yeah. properly. You know, may not have been written with their best thoughts in hand. At least, you know, at least put a drop dead date. You know, if you don't do it, if you don't use it for 15 years, we get it back. Of course, yeah, that should be fair. Then it goes traveling back and forth across the Atlantic a few times. You know, <clears throat> for better or worse. I don't worse. know if you guys are the vampire. The vampire ownership is now with, what's the name of the company? Oh, gosh. Oh, shit. It's not. Paradox? Paradox. Could be. No, it is Paradox Interactive. Yeah. Oh, licensing jumping. I know. White Wolf sold itself to the guys who make the spreadsheet MMO. Yep. And then the spreadsheet MMO sold it off to someone else. Yeah, it's Paradox. They, <clears throat> they There's probably a really good grand strategy game out of Vampire from them, but nothing else. But as for the as for Kindred, I kind of like it. Like it, it obviously the first half is really rough, but the the last four episodes, primo. Well, I was actually interning at White Wolf when it came out. Oh man! And uh, there were many chuckles to be shared around the office every Friday morning. I bet it is not often that I will say the following thing, but I will say it all the same. For that, my friend, I envy you. <laughs> Thank you very kindly. You're welcome. But. Uh, it you know it it had its own charm. It had an interesting 
qualities about it for the period when it came out? Well, part of what I liked was just part of the way through it, it seemed to register that it wasn't quite resonating with some of the audience. So it went, fuck it. We're going to tell our story now. Yeah. You want to come along with us? Great. Welcome to the train ride. You don't? Stops over there. Get out. I still, to this day, would watch it again. Yeah. Well, apparently they did a release of it with uh, Book of Nod, which was just, you read that and it's like, really? You're going to package that with it right on? Well, it, they knew it was only going to sell to fans of the role-playing game, right? Yeah. Yeah, but what fan doesn't already was own the a book copy of the Book of Nod? Was the Book of Nod a part of the... Uh... No, not even a little. Not It, it doesn't relate to it at all. No? It's... It was one of their little 90-page books. It's I don't ever remember it being referenced in the show. It's barely referenced in the game. Oh, it is heavily part of the game, sir. It is, they, do, they, they salt and pepper quotes all through all the rule books. Yes. But when you're sitting there playing it, if you're the guy who's like, well, the Book of Nod says, you're getting smacked. Well, yeah, you're not supposed to know that. That's something that's, you know, that's outside the, the purview of an average player character knowledge. I'm just saying that. You know, the the atmosphere of the world has heavily influenced by yeah. the existence of, you know, this thing that, you you know, entire campaigns can be based around trying to find a page from. Yep. And then they pumped at the Eric fragments for Dark Ages, and that was the better book. Holy crap, all of the paintings in the show were done by hmm. the guy who played Daedalus. <laughs> really? That's rad. That's really cool. And I'm assuring a good value for them, because they can just say... Hey, George, you're not on set right now. Do a painting. Now, who is Daedalus again? Uh, Daedalus was uh, the Nos- he was the Nosferatu guy. He yeah. got shit uh, done. Oh my that's god, what no did he ever get shit done? Did he ever get shit done? Uh, uh, I remember, like, Eddie's, Eddie's being a dick, and, like, you know, 50 Nosferatu jump out and jump him. Ryan wants his face. He was good. I liked him on the X-Files. You know, for a nose, he was surprisingly clean. Well, just because you're hideous doesn't mean you have to be, you know, filthy. Yeah, but he's not that hideous. That's what I mean. Like He's TV hideous. Come on. Yeah, but part of the fun with Nose was always, how fucked up can I make every part of me? <laughs> Appearance Zero says I get all kinds of stuff to work with. <laughs> no, they were, they were a fun clan. What was it? Vampire... Vampire had some really great points to it. Even but though it really had, is just even though you had the weirdly strange semi racist clans. Oh, here's the gypsies. Oh here's, here's the Arabs, they murder people. Yeah, but they do it for God. Yes. Yes, Lord, that's not uncomfortable at that's, all. This is what happens when a bunch of guys from Georgia create a fantasy world. Well, hey, let's not forget the Egyptians are all drug dealers and uh whoremongers. Yes. Well, fair cop. <laughs> Justin, the is there something are I should incestuous know? Incestuous necrophiliacs. <laughs> incestuous necromantic necrophiliacs. That's fair. That's uh, let's be honest. The necromancy was at best tertiary. <laughs> that they could make the dead do what they want was really just a positive side effect. Yeah. Well, crap. You've read the clan novels, right? Uh, oh, what kind of idiot do I look like? I own them. Never yeah. read them. I couldn't get through them. Really? I read I read the La Sombra trilogy. That was nice. Well, the La Sombra books were always good. No, I've read the entire clan novel series, just because that's what I was reading in high school. 
And some of the stuff in Giovanni, it's like, no, this is not meant for teenage consumption. I'm not totally certain this is meant for adult consumption. <laughs> you don't skull fuck a hooker and then crush her with a Coke machine. That's not, no. Thanks for that insight into your weekends, Jim. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, it added skull fucking to the <laughs> vocabulary. Oh, dear. Uh, sigh. Yay for being a teenager. Yay for being a teenager in the 90s. Yep. That was always fun. The 90s? Yeah, being a teenager. Uh, but no, the, the, vampire, the, I, the vampire books were, you know, they were game fiction. So they had, a, they had an arc of quality. Yeah. Uh, some of them were great. Some of them were game fiction. Uh, some of them were gangrel and borderline unreadable. Or I cannot recall a thing over any of them, to be honest. It's Gerbaud Fleming can write a wonderful fight scene, and that's all the man can do. Well, I mean, that's pretty much a step up on me. I can't even write a good fight scene. My fight scene would be like, and then he smacked him, then he smacked him back, then he smacked him back. Uh, uh, but that just sounds uh, like two people doing that, you know, sissy slappy fight thing. Pretty much. That would be how I would write every fight scene. Their hands fell at each other until one of them fell fell. down. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, uh, they were getting kind of crazy there. That was on the ramp up to end in the series, wasn't it? Yeah. The clan novels. Yeah, that was the event that the clan novel series led into Year of Reckoning. Year of Reckoning was the release of Hunter. Hunter was all prelude to Time of Judgment, which kills all the series. Yes. Before starting him up in new and fascinating ways. In a manner, Requiem was really just a reskin of Masquerade. Yeah, but it gave you permission to ignore the start the parts that were dumb. Which is fair. And, I mean, having that explicit permission is really great if you want to run Vampire, and there's that one guy who's read all the novels and loves them. <laughs> I'm still very fond of Werewolf the Apocalypse, to be honest. That, that, I, that's true. Werewolf and I have a, a testy relationship, because on a rare occasion I've been in a werewolf campaign that is good, and the rest of the time it is everybody plays Get a Fenry Arun and we just mince our way through everything, and that gets boring quickly. Not, of course, that the werewolf tribes weren't occasionally stupidly kind of racist, too. Oh, like yeah. The, with an extra special layer of we we don't have to worry about not offending Native Americans even a little. Yep. We'll just completely offend any group that we want to, unless there, we're a big fan of them. I am going to admit that the uh yeah, the Wendigo may not have been put together as well as they could have. Yeah. On the upside, have you ever read the cookbook? For werewolf? Yes. I don't think I have. There is a cookbook. It is it is delightful, and I need to make things out of it. Sure, that sounds tasty. Oh god, they reissued it as part of Werewolf 20. Yep, that's how I got it. It's like five bucks. Oh, I may have to do this. Oh no, you need to look over this, man. Some of the stuff in there sounds delicious, and some of it sounds genuinely dangerous. Like well, leaving, it- leaving two pieces of salmon underneath basically a glass dish in your fridge for two days to soak in brine, and then you eat it. Well, that sounds nice. I gotta try, man. 
Brian try once. Bill, I, I won't be allowed around humans for about a day and a half. Oh, or at least geez. everybody will know I'm on my way. All these W20 books, they make me go, Ah, oh, remember how much you love werewolf? Nope. But I'm not going back in. They got me once. <laughs> I'm, not getting, I'm not getting books for free anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that when you start paying for them, they really kind of kick up, don't they? When you start paying for books, you, you, you question, do I, how much do I need this? Yeah. And often, you don't want them that much. You well, know, if, if you're not a teenager anymore and you do not have a big empty unit to put all your stuff into, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a new experience. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. I went in on Wraith and I went in on Mage and I went in on Vampire. I went on Wraith because Wraith is the best game that the World of Darkness had. Yep. That's, that is not an argument. That is not, I will offer no contention to that. Who are you? What have you done with Jim? Yeah. <laughs> Once in a blue moon, we agree with each other. Well, now that Jim and Justin have agreed <laughs> on something, I think we have to call that the episode. Yeah. I think we, we may have to call that the series, Scott. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, tune in next time when we launch a new series entirely where, I don't know, Da, da, da. We, we reboot and reimagine the series with the same title, cast, and characters? Yes. <laughs> Liking the sound of that. Yep. Welcome to the new I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside. No, all new, all different. Yes. <laughs> we're going to do that for like a month, and then we're going to get enough audience complaints that the new one is bad that we'll just go back to it. It'll be new Coke. It'll be <laughs> I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside classic! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, thank Jim. Thank you for getting up so early. I, you're welcome, my friend. Right. And uh, I will see you guys a boot. Yep. Oh shit! That reminds me. I need to rethread my boots. <laughs> well, there you go. Thanks, man. Always glad to be of service. All right. Until next time. Uh, hey, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Uh, tell, tell your enemies. Everybody. Tell everybody. Uh, rate tell us. Tell your frenemies. <laughs> rate us on various services and hey kick us a few bucks why not five star on itunes bitches no 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 we can't go above one <laughs> otherwise we'll get an ego <laughs> yeah we, we check our egos guys <laughs> filthy liberals uh, i'm a socialist damn it <laughs> we've been over this in centuries <laughs> <laughs> my apologies no worries bonsoir to the mode have a good day folks later and scene Gosh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. I thought they smelled bad on the outside is released under Creative Commons Attribution Share of Life Non-Commercial 3.0 International License. Please visit spopodcast.com for contact information, social media links, and past episodes.